Welcome to Delightful. I'm Lisa McCrowan, integrative psychotherapist, coach, poet, and author. This is a podcast devoted to helping you follow what delights your heart and live a life you deeply love. If you feel frazzled, overwhelmed, or anxious, if your focus is fragmented and your soul is weary, or if you need a sacred moment away from the pings and dings of life to be nourished, so you go back into your day with a gentle hum of aliveness, you are in the right place. Delightful is where science and psychology meet spirituality and creativity. I'll share poems to soothe your nervous system and nourish your soul. I'll share daily practices to connect to the beauty within and around you, so you follow what delights your heart and you lead a life you deeply love. Welcome to our first episode of Delightful, our first episode together. I am so excited to get to know you and share with you, whether you are listening as you get outside for a walk, or you are in your car running errands, you're in your kitchen making something good to eat, or you are taking a sweet moment for your beautiful self and relaxing, I am so glad to be accompanying you. And thank you for tuning in and letting me be a part of your day. Today, I am starting off this podcast by sharing some of my story. It's a story of remembering who we are at our essence. It's a story of how that knowing can get clouded over by society, trauma, and hurtful experiences for a while. Because then it is a story of reclaiming delight as our birthright. And it's a story that is still unfolding. I will also share a poem or two in there. And I will talk about like, what is delight? And why delight right now? What does it do for us? And why do we need it, especially now for our individual and collective well-being? Then at the end, I will lead us through a guided reflection practice, a soul nourishing practice, asking crucial questions for you to reclaim what you might feel has been lost or covered over maybe for a long time, an essential part of you that is now ready to come front and center. So you follow what delights your heart and you lead a life you deeply love. So here is my story. I was six years old, standing outside of our house in the driveway on an early fall morning, wearing my Catholic school uniform. I was waiting for my mom to get my other three siblings out the door to then take my my older brother and me to school. I was alone, which growing up in a family of six did not happen often. I had my backpack and my little first grader hands and it was sitting on the ground in front of me and it was just me and this ordinary moment. The morning sun was rising. It was that time of year when you can feel a hint of autumn in the air. It's like you could almost smell it. It's not humid anymore and it begins to be sweater weather. I could hear the garbage truck making its rounds in the distance in our small suburban neighborhood. And I remember, like even now I can recall this in my body, I remember how I felt such a peacefulness inside of me. 
I felt connected to everything. The soft yellows and pinks of the sun rising, the crispness in the air, the clouds in the sky, the green grass, the birds chirping, like even the mailbox and my bike and, and even my siblings. I felt connected to it all, to the whole universe. I was a part of everything and yet also very much in my own body experiencing it all. And in my little six-year-old way, I felt an appreciation for life, a tiny celebration of the ordinary. And I felt this soft joy, this soft peace, this peace that's possible in everyday life that I have come to call delight. It's nothing I had to earn or be worthy of or to work hard for. It just was, and I was a part of it. My mom says that at my essence, I am delight. And my early elementary school self felt that way, very much so. And I know others saw it too. My fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Cotton, oh, I I adored Mrs. Cotton. She saw my delightful self paired with my tenacious self, my going-to-make-it-happen way of being. She called me, and I don't think I've ever shared this publicly. It is so cute. She called me a velvet steamroller. A velvet steamroller. Not a bulldozer that's going to just, you know, bulldoze everything in her way. No, but rather a velvet steamroller. A girl who is going to delightfully keep going with tenacity for what she wants and for the mission that she is on in the world. And in those early elementary school years, I wrote books. I started in the third grade in Mrs. Kostenbader's class. Even back then, y'all, I wrote books about delight, compassion, and connection. I wrote stories of like, like there's this one, The Case of the Missing Christmas Presents. There was a Grinch who stole our Christmas presents. And me and my friends went out in the snow. We went looking for our presents and we saw that a Grinch found them or had had stolen them. And we came to understand that he stole them because he was, he didn't know how to make friends and he was lonely. So of course we brought him back to our house and we showed him how to be a friend and invited him. So even back then I was writing stories of inclusivity and belonging. But all that ended, or at least that light of delight got really dim when we moved to Ohio in sixth grade. Now that whole experience is uh, for another podcast. And I mean, I, I wrote about one of my experiences there and every year that blog post goes viral. I guess my experience resonates with a lot of people. The essence of it is that we had left the metropolitan area of Northern Virginia and we moved to a small town in Ohio. And I was bullied, abused, and physically hurt by other kids in those two years that we lived there. There was one experience of being hit over the head with a baseball bat hit over the head with a baseball bat that landed me in the Cleveland Clinic. I share this now because 
in sharing about this, you will see how over time then from this suffering and out of this suffering and a lot of work, this essential part of me that went into hiding, I began to reclaim it. But back then, thank God, we moved back to Virginia at the start of eighth grade, where we stayed throughout high school and beyond. But that delightful Lisa, she went into hiding. I mean, delightful Lisa was still there. I had some wonderful times in high school, college, and beyond. But what took center stage was anxious Lisa. Hardworking, overachieving, self-conscious, stressed out Lisa. I remember back in high school, before going to work one day, my dad gave me blank permission slips with his signature and told me I could fill in the dates for whenever I needed to take time off from school and take a mental health day. Now, this is long before we talked about mental health days. And my parents would say things like, Lisa, like, it's okay, love. Take a day off. Slow down. It's okay. You're working too hard. But I never took time off. And in my junior year of high school, I got a ring of ulcers around my esophagus, a ring of ulcers around my esophagus. So to say I was stressed out and that delightful Lisa had gone into hiding is an understatement. In college, in my senior year of college, I wanted to graduate early. I was a double major for a while. I had the credits. So I did. But I could feel that something wasn't right. Something was shifting in me. I've come to know now that I was depressed. I was still functioning, of course, still showing up for class, getting good grades, doing an internship, finding and landing a job. I did get a therapist. I would drive up from Charlottesville, Virginia, where I had my first job as the volunteer coordinator of the Charlottesville Free Clinic. And I'd go to Northern Virginia to see a therapist there. And I gained some insight through that experience. I gained some skills. But what I can see now, as I've been a therapist now for decades, depression is the soul's stop sign. Depression is the soul's stop sign, but I didn't really stop. I kept pushing myself. Fast forward a few years. I lived and worked in Guatemala and El Salvador. I moved to San Diego and then moved to Boston for graduate school, where I met my husband, my husband, Brian. On that very first day, we were in line for lunch on the first day of orientation, and he and I both looked at each other and were like, hey, hey. (laughs) And I am telling you, that is a whole other story because it's a cute little story. I'll have to share some time on here. Brian's quiet, slow way was medicine for my soul. Being with him, a playfulness and a peacefulness came out of me that felt like home, felt like when I was little, that six-year-old me standing outside on a crisp autumn day in my school uniform, feeling the vibrancy, the hum of being alive. That is how I knew I was home with Brian. Have you ever met someone where in meeting them, it's like a part of you, like you reclaim a part of you 
that had been been quiet or missing or in hiding for a while and brings out this essential this essential nature of who you are how did that feel for me it felt like homecoming and as Brian and I have been together I have started to reclaim delightful Lisa Slowly, I started to balance hard-working Lisa with delightful Lisa. I started to learn how these could coexist and even befriend each other and work together. If you know me and or you and I have worked together, you know that I am so big on this point. Everything is included Everything has to be included in this human experience. It's all sacred. The light and the dark, the delightful and the sorrowful, the joy and the suffering, the anxious side of us and the calm side of us, the hard worker and the resting one, the confident one and the insecure one. My work with clients and coaching and psychotherapy is about this sense of radical inclusion. That's what I call it, radical radical inclusion. We practice befriending the parts of ourselves that we've casted out or the parts of ourselves that we have labeled negative or bad. We integrate them and we learn to radically include them. I can say now that I am a velvet steamroller. I will go after what I love, but I lose my steam if I do not enjoy the velvety warmth of delight, play, connection, soft joy, pleasure, and that sacred hum of aliveness. So over the last two decades, I'm finding that my mom was right. At my essence, I am delight. My first blog and my first book were both called Gems of Delight, of course, thought of by my sweet mom. But I want to share this essential and important note here. My journey has been gradual. I do not want to give the impression that I met my husband and every day has been oh so delightful. That is so not how reclaiming who we are at our essence usually works. Like we might have a big realization or a breakdown, breakthrough moment or a once in a lifetime encounter. But then we have to do the messy work of leaning into it and living into it. That is what I have found personally and professionally. So it always bugs me when people talk about like how they had this moment and then this breakdown, breakthrough moment, and then everything has been so wonderful and so great after that. Now, of course, we have these shifts and it alters our way of seeing ourselves and others in this world. But then we have to do the messy work of living into that shift. Because if we don't share that it is messy, even after a big realization or meeting someone or having a breakdown, breakthrough moment, if we don't share that it is messy and it is, and we have to cultivate, we have to practice having soul courage and discerning how we stay in alignment with who we are, 
then we can then think that there's something wrong with us. So I want to hear more stories like that, that like, even though we have these big moments, or we meet someone like meeting Brian, oh my goodness, then we have we have work that has to be done. And you are not doing anything wrong. If you feel confused, if you feel like you are still trying to figure stuff out, or you're just doing the next right thing, or there's not a whole bunch of clarity. So I hope that this helps you because so even personally, that to just to share with you, still anxious Lisa, she can come and take central center stage for far too long and get all pissy with the people I love the most, especially after 9 p.m. because I am so not a night person. My family can attest to this. And then sometimes old beliefs and old traumas and hurts, yes, they still try to they come in and grab a hold of me and try to make me work so hard and too hard. But I this is what has definitely shifted is I am much more compassionate with myself. I can much more quickly now see when anxious Lisa's coming up and coming on a center stage and I can say to her, just like I help my clients do, I can say to her, oh, hey, anxious Lisa, I see you. You're really scared right now. I'll be here with you. You're really scared right now. I'll be here with you. I see you. So do you see how we are about radical inclusion? So those old experiences I had growing up that really made me hide delightful Lisa, those are included now too. That suffering is included in my experience of being human. And again, through a lot of therapy and a lot of hand-holding and my own discerning and inner work that I've done, I'm learning and on this journey of including, radically including all the parts of myself, including my delightful Lisa. And professionally, it's the same thing. We are on a journey, aren't we, of of expressing our essence, our true authentic self and our voice professionally as well. So let me share about this, talking about delight. How has that been for me professionally? and following what delights your heart and living a life you love. That's been gradual because I can remember when I was first starting out, I told a consultant that I wanted my tagline to be, follow what delights your heart and you'll inspire the world. And she told me this. She said, Lisa, no one cares about delight. And at the time, this is what happened. I was like, she's the expert. I felt defeated, but... So, and, and I didn't listen to my own inner voice. That happens. Sometimes we default to these quote unquote experts. And that's why, side note, in my work with you and in this podcast, I will always be about supporting you, listening within to your own sacred voice. And so because of that, with her, I didn't make delight central to my message. Yes, even though my first book is called Gems of Delight, I like hid my light still. I emphasize things like mindfulness, compassion, body-centered healing, somatic experiencing. But when I look back, I knew inside that I was not honoring who I am at my essence. 
I had these thoughts. I had these thoughts that these voices, and this happens to us, I had these thoughts like this one. I can't talk about delight. No one's going to hire me to come in and talk about delight as a nervous system regulation practice and a spiritual practice. Or like this other thought, people aren't going to take me seriously. They're going to think that delight is Pollyannish and that I'm avoiding suffering. And I don't know how to explain that that couldn't be further from the truth. And then like this doozy. Oh, let me share this one. Like I don't know if I ever said this to myself, but this was the essence of a belief and a vibe that was undergirding me, uh, my actions and, and hiding some of my essence and hiding that delight from being full center stage. This is it. No one wants who I am at my essence. No one wants who I am at my essence. We say things like this to ourselves, yet this is, this is not our fault, and it's also not our true voice. This is the voice of our society and of hurtful experiences. We say things like this to ourselves because we are afraid of rejection, of not belonging, of failing. And I was, I was just about to say that it's embarrassing to admit this, but you know what? In midlife, I am getting over being embarrassed of being human. So I'm just going to share this with you. I hid my light by not talking about delight. I hid my light by not talking about delight directly. Until recently. And you know, I would I would put on Instagram like, follow what delights your heart or soul medicine for following what delights your heart. But I wasn't really claiming it. I was, I was hiding that. And then recently I was talking to my friend, Maria. Let me introduce you to Maria, Maria DiLorenzo, because I'm going to be talking about her and I'm sure we'll even be on each other's podcasts. She is one of my best friends. I've known her for over 20 years. We are in graduate school together, and she is a personal stylist. She is the CEO of MFD Style. She's a phenomenal woman. And over the years, I've shared with her my vision. I see me on stage, reading my poetry, talking about delight, leading people through poetic experiences. She called me this winter, and she said, Lisa, I was just listening to this podcast and a woman was reading a spiritual text and it was so moving and I thought Lisa could do this. Lisa, she said, your voice is so lovely. Your poetry is so beautiful. I know you've thought of doing this before, but you put it away, the idea of doing a podcast, but I can really see you doing this. Maybe it's time. As I listened to her, I started to get tense and and tear up and kind of quiet because there was this wrestling going on inside of me of like I I knew what I needed to be about but I was still scared I was still scared to do this I was still scared to the voices in my head were coming up about like no you can't do what you really want to do no one's gonna like it all those kind of voices of the inner critic and Maria was listening to me and then she said, Lisa, 
I've known you for over 20 years, and you have always been about delight. What if you just made your podcast about delight? When she said that, tears started to well up in my eyes. The kind of tears that are like, welcome home to yourself, baby. It has been so long. Homecoming. I had pushed away following what delights your heart and living a life you love and talking about it directly for too long. We do this sometimes. We hide our light. We hide the very thing that is of our essence. We get these other voices in our head and they stop us from showing up authentically. My work has been about helping people to show up authentically, how to listen within and just do the next right thing that is aligned with that sacred voice within. I was so good at helping other people do that, but what about me? And I realized in talking to Maria that I needed to just do the next right thing and to show up authentically and that I was so very done with hiding my light and I knew I knew it was time to make Delight front and center, starting with this podcast, Delightful. And once I claimed that, it didn't matter if how people responded and those other voices that are in my head, the inner critic and all those things saying like, oh, Lisa, what about all the doubt? It started just to not be as loud and as as significant because I know this, that there comes a point when it becomes more important to honor your true self than it is to listen to any other voice. I have a poem for you. It's called How You Rise, and it's from my second book, Your Light is Rising. Your precious energy is wasted in constant self-correction and doubt. Gather back all that energy and put it into trusting your brilliance and sacred inner voice. So I am starting to gather back all that energy I had wasted in constant self-correction and doubt and instead trust what truly delights my heart. And do you know what I've realized as I've started to work on this podcast? I've realized that, and and that as, as I've claimed delight, like front and center, I even like changed some of my messaging on my website and it's focused on delight. Do you know what I've realized? I've actually realized that all my decades of experience with mindfulness, compassion, and being with clients, supporting nervous system regulation, supporting spiritual and professional discernment, they were actually all expressions of following what delights your heart and living a life you love. And now I was just, I was claiming these words and speaking them out loud and making them center stage. So what's arising now? Delightful Lisa, velvet steamroller Lisa, six-year-old Lisa standing hand in hand with me now as a 48-year-old woman. The other day, Brian and I were in the car, we were on our way to Home Depot, and we were coming up over the mountain, and as I was looking out over the mountains, I felt it in me, 
I felt that soft hum of aliveness, that sense of alignment and connection, that sense of soft joy and delight. And I, I almost didn't want to share it with Brian. Like I almost wasn't going to share it with him as if it like might go away if I, if I shared it. And I was like, no, uh-uh. I got to I gotta say this to him. I got to share this with him. So I said to him, hey, Brian, can I share something with you? And he was like, sure. And so I said, I'm happy. Like, I'm really happy. It had been a long time. It has been a long time since I have felt that kind of deep happiness that isn't about the, that, that goes deeper than the ups and downs of, of life and the, the currents of emotions that we feel. It's, it's a deep satisfaction that I call delight. I have one more poem for us. It's called That One True Voice to Follow. And it's also from my second book, Your Light is Rising. There comes a moment when you know you must take that courageous leap out into the unknown to make that big move or drastic change, to gamble everything for the love growing within you. Because it actually doesn't matter anymore how the world responds, or even if you are wrong or right, there is a new boldness and strength in your step now. You are listening only to how the God within you responds. And so what you hear loud and clear over the rapid beating of your heart and the voices of doubt swirling in your head that were never yours to begin with is yes. A deep, radical, life-altering, aligning my feet with my soul's purpose, yes. And so you and the God within you leap hand in hand. This is the moment you know you were born to be this free. Yes, at my essence, I am delight. Thanks, Mom. And I'm on this journey of reclaiming delight as my birthright and helping others to reclaim your own expression of delight and what that means for you and your life. I am on this journey of sharing them the poems and prayers, stories, reflections, nervous system regulating and soul nourishing practices of delight. And right now, our world is hungry for delight. I have spent thousands of hours working with clients, listening and supporting and holding space. I have read the emails from my readers of my blog. I talk to friends and fellow parents and human beings. I've studied and know the nervous system. I have practiced mindfulness and compassion for decades, and I can feel the pulse of our world today and that we are so in need of delight. Every day we get these pings and dings that, that vie for our, for our attention. And these pings and dings fragment our focus leave us feeling weary, anxious, and disconnected. And so we hurry and we hustle through life 
We listen more to the voices out there rather than the wisdom in our own bodies and hearts. And then you throw in there a pandemic and a mental health crisis, and we have some chronically stressed and overwhelmed nervous systems. We and the world are living in chronic stress mode. We need experiences of warmth and connection. We need experiences that soften and soothe us and that gently reinvigorate and renew us. We need experiences that reconnect us to our hearts, bodies, this precious moment, each other, and nature. We need to listen to and connect to the wisdom, beauty, and love within us and around us. We need to be delighted again. So what is delight? Delight is that soft joy you feel when someone you love says your name so sweetly. Delight is that gentle hum of aliveness you experience looking at the sunset over the mountains. Delight is that smile that comes across your face when your dog drops the ball at your feet to play. Delight is that soulful celebration of being alive as you taste your food, sharing a meal with dear ones. Delight is more than a feeling, it's an embodied experience. And it doesn't have to be big or fancy. Most often, it's subtle. It's found in something quite ordinary. Delight is a practice a particular way we orient our attention. It's a sense of expansion, a fluttering of your heart, a spark in your soul. It is a sense of alignment and connection. It's an experience of the sacred in the ordinary. It doesn't mean that everything is perfect. Delight doesn't dismiss suffering or the mess, but it does buffer us. It's like a warm blanket that wraps around you and gives you the resiliency and soul courage to go about life. And finally, delight is a remedy. It's soul medicine for the overwhelm and disconnect we feel individually and collectively. And so that is what Delightful is all about. And I so look forward to journeying with you in this. And I'm delighted that you are along. Before we close, I'd love to lead you through a soulful reflection. So you might want to get a piece of paper and a pen or a journal and find a comfortable place to sit or lie down. So to get started, you might sit or lie down in a way that allows you to be comfortable and present. And you might soften or close your eyes and allow yourself to receive the support of whatever you might be sitting on or lying on. Just notice how your body responds to that invitation.
and then feel the breath, your breath, however it is today. Flowing in and out. I love using the language of feeling yourself being breathed. So there's like no effort in this and allowing the breath to just move in and out how it knows to do. And you might offer yourself an invitation to soften, like softening into the eyes and into the jaw and the mouth, the tongue and the lips. And softening through the throat and into the shoulders. Softening into the heart space and then into the arms and the hands and the fingers. And as you continue to feel the support and to feel the breath moving through you, softening into the belly and into the sides of the body and in the back of the body. And now softening into the legs, through the legs and into the feet and the toes. And then I'd love to ask you this question. What delights your heart right now? What is delighting your heart right now? What feels like that soft joy or that hum of aliveness? When do you feel that? Where do you feel that sense of connection and alignment and when your nervous system is settling and also feels this, this, this gentle and sense of being invigorated. And if it's been a long time, that's okay. That's why I'm here. And you might get some images of just these things in your everyday life that are delighting your heart right now when you feel that soft hum of aliveness. If you like, you could take out your journal or a piece of paper and just list these out, what comes to you, listing out your delights. And if it's been a while since you have felt this way, you might just recall when is the last time that I felt that, that soft joy. What was I doing? Where was I? Who was I with? What did that feel like? And make a few notes in your journal or on the piece of paper.
And then ask yourself, looking at this list or having these images of when you have felt that sense of delight, ask yourself, what if I did this more often? What if I visited this this particular thing more often or made space for delight in my day? What could be possible? What could happen? And just see what comes to you. Don't worry about if it's possible or like if it's, uh, don't judge the ideas, like the how of it. Just like what could be possible? Playing with a sense of curiosity and evoking the imagination. What could be possible if I did this more often or if I visited this experience more often and made space in my day for delight? How would your body respond? What would soften? What would be soothed? How would the breath respond? How would you feel? How would the inner landscape of your body feel? And you can keep this going. You could continue in and exploring and journaling about like what delights your heart right now, what has in the past, and what could be possible if I allowed and made space for delight in my day. You could do keep this going. And I encourage you to do so even as we finish up here in a moment. To come back and visit these lists, these images this embodied experience of orienting your attention toward delight. And so again, feel the breath flowing through you in and out. And notice now what might be a little bit different in you than when we first started. Maybe there's been a softening or a gentle sense of being reinvigorated. I encourage you to visit this and play with what could be possible if I made space for delight in my day. Thank you for tuning in today and inviting me with you on your walk or into your kitchen or to go with you on running errands. If something resonated with you and you'd like to support the podcast, that would be awesome. This is a total grassroots effort and any support that you could offer would be wonderful. So first, you could leave a rating and a review on the platform that you use to listen to Delightful. Second, you can make a donation to support the production of Delightful through a Buy Me a Coffee site. I'll I'll share a link in the the show notes. 
Also, you could sign up for my newsletter and get my Soul Care Starter Kit. And then finally, you could pick up your copy of Gems and Delight and Your Light is Rising. So I'll put all the links to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support. And I look forward to us journeying together. Until next time, may you be delighted. Delighted.